All right, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse, starting verse 7, and we're going to be in uh, through 12.1. But will you guys pray this opening prayer with us? Um, I have really been, I love this opening prayer, so let us pray. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ led by the Holy Spirit as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7 through 12, verse 1. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eye, the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in all of them. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer in you the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. I love uh, going through books of the Bible. I love that this is kind of what we chose to do at Grace and Mercy early on. Like, not just parts and picking selections, but going through the entire book. I'll say this, and I kind of learned this uh, in the book of John, but the book of John is beautiful. But then when we were in the Psalms, I learned, we had been in the Psalms for four years, and I learned a ton in Psalm 40 through 150. Those last 10, 11, 12 weeks or whatever they were, were beautiful to me. And I learned a lot about the Psalms. I learned that it wasn't really complete without these these last 10 Psalms, or like in Revelation um, <clears throat> 21 and 22, right? The, the entire book of Revelation wasn't complete until we got there, until we got to the end and we can say, come Lord Jesus, come. With that uh, heart full of prayer. And now we are drawing very, very closely to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. And I'm still learning a lot in these final sections. I feel like you get the, the heart of the book, the deeper you kind of go into it. Like you, you don't get the entire uh, heart of that, that particular book when you um, just examine pieces of it. Um, but as we get closer to the end, it's like we're examining the whole thing for what it is. And I feel like this week we get <clears throat> closer to the heart of the whole book. And when I say the heart, I mean the life of it, the life beat of this entire book. Uh, and what it... <clears throat> And again, what is it that helps us walk this Christian life with Jesus? That's what I want to know when we're in this book. I want to figure out what it is that helps us just walk in the arena of God's great mysteries with Christ alongside us. And in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, you have sections that are seemingly depressing, right? Life is a vapor. It's so short. It's like a mist. Life is not only that, but it's meaningless, 
that it's meaningless, that there's a time for everything, including war and peace. And, and then not, not only that, um, uh, there is, uh, it doesn't really matter if you are rich or you are poor, as long as you still have life, right? Like I know one saying that, that is stuck around from Ecclesiastes, it's better to be a live dog than a dead dying, lion, a dead lion. Right? The same fate is coming for us all, and that fate is death. And all of these things help us along the journey. All of this knowledge helps us along the journey as we strive to follow Jesus. For some reason, he wants us to know these things, and we, uh, as his followers, get to listen to the Holy Spirit and try and figure these things out. Jesus tells us in John 10.10 10 and 10.11, that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came, this is what Jesus says, I came that you, that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus lays down his life so that we might have life and not a garbage life, but life abundantly. That means he wants to give us more than enough so that we can live out of an overflow. Now, this isn't speaking about money or possessions necessarily, although it could include those things. It's talking about something more and something deeper. Jesus would love it if we lived from an abundant overflow. That's what it means to have, uh, that's what life abundant means, to live out of that overflow where we're just flowing. But how do we get to this life abundant? Like we already know that all of life is vapor, right? This is getting closer to the heart of Ecclesiastes. All this talk of meaningless vapor, death, accidents, all these things, foolishness and wisdom. We are supposed to know these things exist so we don't get surprised by them. However, we are to live life then in a live life, life abundantly that Jesus would ask us. I believe the heart of Ecclesiastes, what the author intended for us is for us to enjoy life. And God wants the same for us. God wants us to enjoy life with him. Enjoyment of life is a great gift that God wants to give to us. And we, as Christians, get to pursue that joy that God has for us. I think about it like this. Over the years of teaching and preaching, there have been many times and traditions, many sermons that I've sat through, probably sermons that I've preached, that have focused on giving up everything for the sake of the gospel. There's been an emphasis on being poor and staying poor for the glory of God and the good of his people. That rich people don't have any business in the kingdom of God. And so um, this encouragement led to people uh, at times being afraid to have fun or afraid to live. (laughs) The chickens want to have fun and the chickens want to live. And this encouragement led people to be afraid to have fun. And so it was like stuffy puritism, like, you know, just like the goody two-shoes where you never do anything wrong. And all of life is seeking out sin and snuffing it out in your life and then the life of the rest of the community as well. And I, I mean, it, it, it permeates this, this idea permeates. I once worked for a Christian organization that didn't believe in vacations because they wanted us to give them up so that we might continue the fight of the glory 
of God, for the glory of God, fight for the gospel, instead of actually take the rest that Jesus sometimes tells us to take. Over the years of teaching and preaching, there have also been times and traditions that have focused on calling down every blessing to mankind for the sake of showing the world God's goodness and abundance. Right? There are folks who find all the verses about abundance and overflow and simply preach those, and it seems like only those verses at times. And I, there is a ton in Scripture that speaks about these things, and I believe that there is a time to speak and preach about giving uh, or, or having abundance come upon us. But there is also a time to preach and teach about giving everything up. And there is a time to preach about receiving the abundant gifts that God has for us. To live in one or the other exclusively is not helpful in living a whole abundant life. Our point is that our life is already, if we are Christians, our life is already hidden in Christ. Our life is already his. The the life that we live is not even any longer our own. So we have already and are supposed to continue to die to self so that Christ might live in and through us. Amen. And yet we've given up everything because we found a treasure that is worth giving everything up for. God wants us to take him seriously. And in that he wants us to enjoy life. Jesus told us that he gave up up our our life so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was for our sin, yes, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, absolutely, but it was also to give us a new life in his new kingdom. And this is the kingdom that we seek and we strive for and we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus wants us to explore this life that he gave us by giving up his own. And this is a beautiful gift. And I pray that we might seek it out in fullness and explore the gift of life that God has given us. And in this section of Ecclesiastes, we are kind of being told that joy, if you remember the last one, it was talking about worry. Joy is better than worry. Since all is vanity, all of life is vanity, Joy is a helpful tool that helps us live our lives. And if we are living for Jesus, then we find our joy in him and he gives it to us abundantly. He gives joy in riches and in health and poverty and sickness. He gives even joy in times of foolishness and in times of wisdom. And if we have tons of friends or only a few, you know what we can still have? Joy. Joy. Amen. God wants us to enjoy life. That is what, the, the, that is what enjoyment, uh, let, let me say it this way. When, he, when we say that God has given us life and he wants us to enjoy life, that is enjoyment and joy without exploiting others. Or I can say it like this, without harming others. This is not, if we have joy in making fun of others or teasing others or beating somebody up, that's not the type of joy that we're talking about here. And, and it's, it's, there is never a reason, um, even if it makes us happy, to exploit others for our own advantage. That is not what we're talking about. True enjoyment, enjoyment that is found in Christ, is not just a carefree or self-gratifying life. True joy comes with humility. And without, true, without humility, 
true, lasting joy, joy that'll see us through the good times and the bad, is not able to sustain us. So we need humility in this joy, never exploiting somebody else. And this section tells us that our years in the graves will outnumber our years of life. Because the grave is longer than the life that you are given. So you know what you get to do with those short amount of years? Enjoy them. This section also gives wise advice to those who are younger among us. And it is excellent, well-balanced advice. It says this. Are you listening? Follow the desires of your heart. But remember that you will be judged for the things that you do. Make sure that you don't follow your heart into harmful moments. You know, in fact, we've already seen most of Ecclesiastes use wisdom and live life. Live your life before Jesus and let Jesus direct the desires of your heart and then follow that direction that Jesus has with you has for you with, with abandonment, just reckless abandon. Just go after the things of Jesus. We already... Uh, learned in Ecclesiastes that a moment of foolishness can lit, ruin a lifetime of wisdom. But Jesus is the repairer of all things. And this is really, really good advice. Follow your heart, but know that there are consequences. But remember that joy is better than what? Worry. Always. And also remember that no matter how carefully you live, you're still going to make mistakes in life. It happens to us all. There's still going to be accidents that happen in our life. For us, and in Ecclesiastes, I firmly believe that the whole book is encouraging us to go after joy with a tremendous sense of urgency. This is something that we get to seek, something that we get to live into, and we get to live for joy in our life without exploiting others, and we get to seek this as we live for Jesus day in and day out, as we take each step This is a prayer for my life. It's a prayer for my family. It's a prayer for the life of Grace and Mercy Church that we might seek joy and in that seeking that we might find it. It would look different for each of us how we find that joy, but this is a good pursuit for us. And I'm not uh, great at joy, or rather, I think I'm better at fasting than feasting or like I like sad songs more than a cheerful person. So I ask myself this, I do like eating, but I I think I like fasting better. So I ask myself, what is missing? Lord, please, and this was my prayer this week. Lord, please bring to mind what is preventing me from living into more joy. And for me, it boils down to patience. I was very aware of that this morning. I'm I'm just not that patient. And you know what? I would like to be. I really want to be. But I'm short. And in my shortness and not allowing for things to just play out, uh, it blocks me from a ton of enjoyment. That might not be it for you. It might not be patience for you. But what do you think it is for you that prevents you from living your life with more joy? You can take notes, write it down, whatever you need to do. I might suggest that it, it, what it is for you that might be found in the list of the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. You might, like me, be missing one of these uh, things that add to the fruit of the Spirit. And if we walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we will put to death 
all fleshly and sinful desires or um, so something that we long for that may be sinful, God will put that to death. The exploitation of people, God will put that to death. And the fruit of God's Holy Spirit that Jesus left us so that we, he might help us live a life in an abundant fashion. This will help us live out more joy. Period. Here are the fruits. And it's found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of of the spirit is love. Think about if you're missing one of these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I might be missing that one at times too. Self-control. Against such thing there is no law. When the fruit of God's spirit is working in us, they work in conjunction. They help us function in a life that we desire to live for Christ. There are some that we might be better at than others, but we strive to have them as one fruit in our lives, not just individual fruits. And if we can live with these attributes, life will be more enjoyable. Not just because joy is on the list, but because if we have add gentleness or we add patience, I know that that will add to my joy as well. And if we want to cultivate a life, an abundant life for joy over a life of worry, then we practice the gift of the Spirit. These things are more helpful than wine and bread. Amen. They are more helpful than money or possessions. They are more helpful than intelligence and education. They are more helpful than position or career in cultivating joy. So you can practice them. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No matter who you are or what age you are, we can practice them. It doesn't matter what you are doing, where you are living. Uh, It doesn't matter what you ate for breakfast or your position in life. We get to practice these things and you can practice them. We get to cultivate these fruits, uh, this fruit of the Holy Spirit as we interact with the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit that Jesus left us will lead us and guide us in this life. And this fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is always a part of the picture. And we seek these things. We exercise them. We consider them and maintain the ones that we are strong in and work out the ones that we are weak in so that we might find our strength in the fruit of God's Holy Spirit as we walk in this life. And as we seek God and His kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear Him and keep His commandments, let us do this with joy. This is a great prayer that God has put on my heart for us as a church, that we might live with more joy in life. But let me ask you, this is a big question that I have for all of us today. Let me ask you, what fruit or fruits of God's Spirit might you be missing to live more completely into the joy that God would have for you? What, what's missing? Is it love or peace? Is it patience or kindness Is it self-control or faithfulness, gentleness or goodness? What area is the Holy Spirit pointing out to you so that you might live this life that you have, this one life, 
this one short vapor of a life, what is it that the Holy Spirit might putting, be pointing it out to you so that you can live in Christ with more abundance? And as we close, remember, and I love the word remember. In verse 1 of chapter 12 starts with remember. It's one of the great words of Scripture. Remember your Creator. And when we remember your Creator, you will remember that you are created and that you need the Creator's guidance and leading in your life. So let us live into enjoyment and let go of worry. Let us lay aside the weight and sin that clings to us so easily and prevents us from living a life more fully aligned with the abundance that Jesus has for us. So let us do this. Lord, I pray that you will give us more joy. I pray that you will bring more peace. I pray that you will bring more fruit of the Spirit, Lord, that you will point out the areas that we are missing, that you will strengthen them, that you will do this by the power of your hand and by the power of your might. Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us, laying down your life for us so that we might have life abundance. Lord, we do recognize that this life is short. It's but a vapor. And at the same time, we get to live it for you. So help us live it for you with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.